Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. The other day I was gonna try to whip Ty Weber. Notice I said try. He's 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 a horseshoer, and those fellows are pretty stout and uh, everything. But we it was it was me and and uh, I think Jared was out there, and it was Ty and and Sean was out there. And anyway, this this ranch roping that I'm learning, no matter where the cow is facing and everything, there's always a different loop with a different angle. Sometimes you got to have a calculator to fill it out, uh, figure it all out. But anyway, so I'm sitting there roping, and I'm fixing to throw, and this, and this cow turns. And Ty's like, man, that's whenever you, you put that rope behind you. And I mean, literally, the, the rope was hitting, the tip of it was hitting behind my horse, and the rope was nearly straight up. And I was trying, and he was like, no, you got to lift it. you got to lift it. And I mean, I was trying to lift that dadgum rope as hard as I could, and my body wouldn't handle it. And every time I tried to throw, it would just go, boop. Spit a wet noodle out, and that's about how far my rope was going. And Ty kept saying, no, you got to lift. And I was like, I hear what you're saying, Weber, but my body won't do it. He's like, you got to lift. you got to lift. And I, mean, I had my knee into it. I was trying so hard. Sean was over there like. He had a nice smile on his face. But no, I mean, just no matter what I could do, and I was getting frustrated. I was trying not to show them fellas because you know they're they're so kind and teaching me how to do this. But you know, I mean, in, in the roping that I grew up in, in the ranch and everything, everything was kind of out in front of you, and you just kind of there was a certain motion. And a lot of times in this ranch roping, it's not like that. I mean, I guarantee you, I never had a loop as big as this stage going behind me, nearly rim firing my horse. It just didn't happen. And so finally. Finally, I was getting so mad, but I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to give up. And finally, I got my arm and my shoulder into it. And Ty was like, that's it. That's it. You got it. You got it. You got it. I was like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then whenever I threw my rope, we're talking about a big old loop. It just, as pretty and as nice and effortless as you've ever seen. And it was amazing how that whenever I got it right, Everything else just fell right into line. It was effortless. Before, I was pulling my momentum down instead of pulling my momentum up, so I had I would lose momentum, and then nothing would happen. And then whenever I got to lifting, and what I figured out is I was using too much wrist, and I was working the loop from the outside down instead of from my shoulder up. And whenever I got my arm into it, I could lift it, and I could lift it, and I could lift it. And it was amazing how whenever you finally pulled it all together, and you know what? To the average person, it wouldn't even look like anything. It would have probably looked like the same loop because it had the same angle. Everything was exactly the same. But there was a change that went on inside. By listening to, to Ty and Sean's instructions and even Jared helping me out, I mean, all of these people were had combined to try to make my roping effortless and easy. And it really was whenever it finally clicked. There's an instance in the Bible where Jesus does the same thing. He pulls everything together. In Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees, those were the really super religious hypocritical preachers of the day. 
and the Pharisees kept trying to trap Jesus. Y'all, you're not supposed to heal on Sunday. And, blah, blah, blah. and I mean, he shot them down every time. And finally, they get this one fella. And I can see them back there. They're like, hey, man, who's going to go for it next, man? This guy's good. And I imagine this one fella said, well, I'll ask him a question. So he walks up and he says, in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they were another uh, bunch of people uh, that were kind of ruled Israel. But when the Pharisees heard that, that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, he'd already shot them down, they met together to question him. One of them, an expert in the religious law. Have any of y'all ever run into an expert in the religious law? I call them holier than thou's. Those that ain't never made a mistake, but boy, they can wag your finger and they can use Bible, Scripture, verse just to, to put you in your place and everything. That was one of them, but guess what? They met their match now. They met the Son of God. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, now, before, whenever he was shooting them down, he'd call them hypocrites and he'd say everything like that. Now he's real cordial because I think he actually liked the question. He said, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But just like Jesus always does, Jesus doesn't stop with, with the answer that we want. He gives us more than we need. And Jesus goes on to say, the uh, and a second, equally as important, man, equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two things. Jesus pulled it all together for us. People say, well, I don't like organized religion because it's too complicated. Jesus organized it real pretty and plain for you right there. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Easy greasy. Any questions? Let's go home. No, not really. How do we do that, though? I mean, boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, we can, oh, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind. I love my neighbor like me. Boy, it just has that, that nice little ring to it. We can kind of pat ourselves on the back because we, we love God. But how do we do that? How do we love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? There is only one thing in this entire universe that is perfect, and that is God. The triune God, the Trinity. Our God is one God in three persons. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, That triune God, That's what when I say God, that's all of them. That is the only thing that is perfect. So how do we love that God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind? Did you know that God created us in His image? God created us in His image, male and female. To the males, He gave the strength. He gave the power. He gave, he gave the might to the men and to the women. He gave His loving side that nurturing, that want for uh, to, to comfort and to grow and to care for. You put male and female to God and you've got the very image of God, His powerful side and His loving side. 
You've got the powerful and the beauty. The, the power and the beauty. I think I already said that. I said it twice. The power and the beauty. That wasn't planned. I just ran out of adjectives. That wasn't in the notes. God created us in His image. Male and female both. He sent His... So God the Father created us in His image. He sent His Son to show us the way and be that perfect sacrifice for our sins once and for all. God created us. Jesus saved us. And He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to guide us, to comfort us, to lead us and empower us. Man, think of everything that God did for us. He gave us His essence. He gave us His might. He gave us His majesty because He created us in His image. And I wonder, here's the question. Why do we always try to hide who we really are? Think about that. How many of us know that we're walking around trying to put on a front for people? Maybe that front is, oh, I'm happy and everything's good, or I'm sad and everything's bad and everything. But we always try to be somebody that we're not. We see somebody, I see Ty roping, I see Sean roping, I see Tara ride, and I want to be like them, and I want to I wanna be as good as them. But it would be a sin for me to want to be them because God made me unique. He made you unique and He loves you so much that He breathed life into every single one of us. And He made us unique. You want to know how to love God and pull it all together and just simply be who you are. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. Quit looking at the TV, boys and girls. I saw this little scrawny guy the other day for 35 minutes stood in front of the axe body wash trying to figure out which one was going to make him sexy. It ain't going to happen. Them shampoos ain't going to make you any different. What will make you different is when you be who you are. I know people. I know people that just try too gum hard. And you just want to tell them, hey, Quit acting silly. Just be who you are. That's who I like. I remember it uh, uh, whenever I went to Texas. Well, I was enrolled at Texas Tech, and I was living there in Lubbock. And um, there was a fellow that my roommate worked with. Me and Zach were both cowboys, and I worked at a horse sale and everything like that. And he, he got to be friends with this guy, and this guy would come over. And, I mean, he was as far from cowboy as anything. And I liked this guy, man. He was cool. His name was Nick. I really liked him, man. He hung out with us all the time. Kind of be the three amigos, you know, and so that. No, I'm not going to do that. And uh, he thought I was. And I love, I, you know, I just, I liked Nick. He was in, he was usually in like little Jesus sandals and he's kind of half hippie and I, I dug him. I liked him. And then he disappointed me so much. One day he shows up in boots and a cowboy hat. He looked like a gunsel. He just looked dumb because that wasn't him. We, we didn't like him because he wore a cowboy hat or we didn't dislike him because he didn't. I know cowboys all across this country. We don't care what anybody does as long as they're cool, man. We can be friends with anybody. But I didn't like it when he started trying to be something that he wasn't. 
And God does the same thing with y'all. He sees your caring hearts. He knows who you are inside. But society and everything tries to cover that up. You want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Start being who you are to be. And quit worrying about what your friends are going to think. Jesus died for you that... What in the world did I just do? Jesus died for you. He didn't die for the pretender inside of you. Just be who you are. The Holy Spirit will not work or lead you in falsehood. In other words, if you're trying to be somebody you're not, you're, you're not. <laughs> I sound like I'm from Boston. Boston. You're not. Best way to love God is to be yourself. You know, there's a fellow named Dossie Cribs. Dossie Cribs is uh, a really good friend of mine. And uh, Dossie, actually, at the Bit and Spur Makers Guild up here in Denver, he won Best in Show. And he's a Bit and Spur Maker. He's a cowboy that was in a really, really horrendous car crash. He was a bull rider at the time. And now he's permanently paralyzed and he's in a wheelchair. And I have, not the first, but I've got, when Dossie first started making spurs, when he started getting good, I, I mean, I jumped. I said, I want a pair of those spurs. I want a pair of those spurs. And I can show them to you. You know what? They're not fancy. They're not fancy at all. But Dossie built them for me, and they're my design. They've got a clover leaf rowel in them. And you know what? I don't know what you like. I don't care what you like. Those are the best set of spurs in the entire world because they're a part of me and they were made for me. God does the same thing with you. He created you. He put himself in you and he, you are his favorite if you are who you want him to be. You know what I mean. They are my favorite because I designed them. You are God's favorite because he designed you. They are my favorite because I gave something tangible for them. And you know what? God gave something tangible for you. He gave his son for you. And what a disservice we do by trying to be somebody else. They are my favorite because they are with me and they serve the purpose that they were meant to. When I wear them, Whenever I'm, whenever I'm, uh, you know, riding out with Charlie and Chris, or or whatever the case may be, when I'm with Ty and and we're working cattle, it doesn't matter, man. My spurs are with me, and they are doing what I tell them to do. They are serving a purpose. They were made in my image because I designed them and I gave something tangible for them, and that's what God wants from you. But you know what? There's a lot of you that want to grow your faith, but you're scared of what your friends are going to think. You're scared you're going to be labeled a holy roller. You're afraid when somebody says something that you say, you know what, let me pray, let's pray right now. There, there's, we, we constantly try to stuff God back down instead of releasing Him and being who He wants us to be. You want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Be who He made you to be. No excuses. Be who you made you to be. The second thing, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want to explain something to you. The limit on how much you can love your neighbor 
which God told us to. He said, love your neighbor. The limit on how much you can love your neighbor is how much you love yourself. If you only love yourself this much, you're only going to be able to love other people this much. If you love yourself this much, other people are going to love, you're going to be able to love others this much. You can't outgive God. I see too, too many people that have this low self-esteem that they don't think they're... You know how many times I have talked to people about getting involved in growing in Christ? And you know what they always tell me? I'm not worthy. You're worthy enough that God sent His Son to die for you. You doing this to God? Because that's exactly what it is when you say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not worthy. That's either a slap in his face or it's an excuse. I mean, seriously, standing before the cross that Jesus died on, and you go, you know what, I'm not worthy, and he looks down and says, you're worthy to me, I died for you. And I just want you to love me back. I want you to be who my Father made you to be. I want you to be the man that I'm dying for. I want you to be the woman that I'm dying for. And I want you to share that love with others. Is it too much to ask? I don't think so. Love yourself and be yourself. And see, here's the deal. Y'all are the lights that will draw people to Christ. Every single one of you. I tell you what, there are millions of people outside these fairgrounds and outside all the churches and everything like that that are dying. And the only cure is the love of Jesus Christ. And it's y'all that will take it, not us preachers. Us preachers, we train y'all to be missionaries on the ranches, in the feedlots, at the sale barns, in the schools, in the cafeterias, in the restaurants, in the workplace, on the job site. God has called every one of us to share His love and to love our neighbor. We can only love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves, and we can only love ourselves when we realize that we are made in the image of God. People are looking for help. They're dying out there, and they want to see that light, and it's your responsibility to show that light to them. People are looking for help, and they want somebody with experience. One of the worst things in the world that I can think of is a Christian that tells people, oh, you know, you don't sin, don't sin. You know what? I am all, I am very forthcoming about my shortcomings and my downfalls and my life before I came to know Christ. It's my testimony. Now, I don't go sit and brag about all the beer I drank and everything like that. That's not it. I am a changed man. I no longer live that life, and I'm not talking about individual sins. I no longer live that life. I still make mistakes, but I don't live that life anymore. I still have a beer. Yes, and you can. Unless, if you're 21. But seriously, people are looking for help. And you know what? If you are the sorriest cuss out there, if you'll give your life to Jesus Christ, you'll be able to tell somebody that's going through the same things that you went through, look, buddy, I went through that. I know how it is. I know how much fun you think you're having, but I also know the other side of it. When you're laying in bed at night and you're thinking, what am I here for? Because it's really not that much fun after all. I need a purpose. You'll be able to help them. They want somebody with experience. 
in changing their life, of giving their life to Christ and moving on. They don't want an experience that is fake and counterfeit. Okay, now let me give you an example. I know of a preacher, and he's a cowboy preacher, nicest guy ever. Alcohol has never touched his lips. Not one time. Never. And nothing had ever happened until his wedding night. Not anything. Not one thing had ever happened until his wedding night. He, if there was a scale of zero to 100, man, this guy has, he'd been, he'd been pulling a B plus since day one. Okay? But you know what? He can't help some of us that what we're going through. Somebody overcoming an addiction. Now, he can give them the truth, but can he really come alongside somebody and go, you know what, buddy? I know what you're going through. And I love you, and you can do this. You know, if I'm going to be working with somebody, I want somebody with some experience. I mean, if, if, if I got to get down and work on a, on a 600-pound heifer, I want a cowboy on the other end of the rope that's got some experience so I don't get mucked out. They want someone who has struggled and overcome, not someone that has learned a bunch of church words. Because isn't that how generally we try to help people? By, by, by saying church words? Oh, just give your life to God. How about this? Man, buddy, I've been there, man. You're getting your butt kicked, ain't you? It's the truth. I guarantee you I'd rather have somebody talk to me. And that's how we're going to reach the world. We're not going to say our sin was okay. We're going to overcome our sin, and we're going to help other people come to know Jesus Christ like we do. Pulling it all together. Why was it so important in the roping? Because it made everything else so effortless. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When I finally got it where I was lifting that rope like Ty was telling me to, everything else just flowed right. Do you need some flow right in your life? I could be, a, I could be a, selling some suds clean or something. You need some flow right in your life? Man, give your life to Jesus Christ. Make, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. The rope went further whenever I did like I was supposed to. It went further out there. It went where I was aiming. It was crazy. My rope had never done that before. I'd be aiming over here. It'd land over here. But when you get everything flowing just right, it goes where you want it to. And it was less strained physically and emotionally just to do it right. And I'm telling y'all, cowboys, telling you, cowgirls, giving you the answer. I'm giving you the answer. I'm pulling it all together for you. And the answer is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. And you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. And I ain't talking about being cocky. I'm talking about being confident, knowing that Jesus Christ died for us and that we were created in the image of God and that we do have a purpose and that we will mount up on wings like eagles. Some of you are hurting right now. Some of you are lost. Some of you ain't lost but you sure taking some wrong turns. Time to come on back. Best way to love God is to reflect Him back in our lives by being who He made us to be. He created us in His image. Let's reflect that back. Let's live the life that He called us to live and be who He called us to be. 
And the best way to love your neighbor is to be a real Christian, not a fake one that knows a bunch of fancy church words. Not a real counterfeit that talks the talk without walking the walk. It's your time. This isn't the end of 2013. It's the beginning of you. If you have the guts. I won't make you. I won't talk down at you. I won't do anything. This is between you and your God. And you know the answer if you look deep inside your heart. You'll feel that calling in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you for everything that you've done in all of our lives. Let us put you first. Let us know how we important we are because we're so important that you sent your son to die for us so that we may have eternal life with you, to be close to you. And God, that's what we ask for now is to draw us close, pull it together, to pull us up by your side. God, I thank you so much for every cowboy and cowgirl sitting here today and those that are listening on the radio and watching on the internet right now. God, I just, I just thank you for who you are. Now, if you didn't get something out of that, amigos, you've either lost your mind, lost your way, or lost your sense of humor. Maybe all three. Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby again. You know, I just wanted to say thanks for y'all coming, sitting with us for a spell. If you'd like to find out more about Save the Cowboy, just type in savethecowboy.com into that fancy computer or smartphone of yours, and you'll be riding with us faster than the catch a dog lined out on a Maverick. And we'll see y'all next time. Adios. I'd like to thank my good friends at Integrity Auto Repair for their help in making this radio ministry possible. And their name says it all, Integrity Auto. If you're ever in Kiowa, Colorado, go by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald and tell them Save the Cowboy sent you.